0: Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one determined page of Talmud every day. I'm a child of the 1980s, one of the greatest decades ever, but also one of the greatest decades for television shows, arguably the real golden age of American TV, and In the 80s, we had a little show called, you know what? See if you could spot it by its theme music. Remember LA Law? If you don't, never mind. The title kind of tells you everything you need to know. It's about lawyers in LA. Everyone is gorgeous and every case is super interesting which, if you've ever been summoned to jury duty, you know is definitely fiction. But the thing I loved most about the show wasn't the crazy plot lines with the big, big, big hair, another gift of the 1980s. What I loved best were the scenes in which the L.A. lawyers cross-examined the witnesses on the stand. Even as a kid, the idea of witnessing something struck me as literally awesome. You just happen to be in the right or the wrong place, at the right or the wrong time, and now you're part of this big court drama, though you're neither perpetrator nor victim. Let's face it, none of us readily imagine ourselves committing crimes. And, thankfully, our fragile psyches won't let us entertain the idea that one day a crime may be committed against us. But... Just walking down the block and happening to be there as some dude snatches some lady's purse? That's much more plausible. That we can imagine. But Judaism, Hashem blessed, doesn't approach anything too simply. And the Talmud informs us that there is not one kind of witness, but two categories of witnesses. You can be a clarifying witness. As in, the guy who watches a business transaction go down and, if needed, is ready to testify that the lender did indeed lend five bucks to the lendee. That's simple enough. But then there is the second category called establishing witnesses. And they're kind of way more important. They don't merely see something happening. They make it possible by their very presence. A perfect example of establishing witnesses hangs right in front of me on my apartment's wall. It's my ketubah, the marriage contract between me and my lovely wife. It's signed by my two good friends, David and Ariel. And without their signature, the ketubah wouldn't have been valid. Our marriage wouldn't have been valid. Lisa and I could have been standing under the chuppah, me in a tux, her in a wedding gown, with a rabbi there to bless us and all the guests and all the food and all the champagne flutes, but no witnesses to sign the ketubah, and our union wouldn't be kosher. Why? Isaiah the prophet offers a little bit of a hint. You are my witnesses, says the Lord, Isaiah tells us, meaning God charges us with the difficult task of bearing witness to his glory and to the amazing world he created. Which, let's be honest here, sounds kind of vague. Just how might we go about bearing witness to God's creation? Today's pages of Talmud, Nazir 62 and 63 offer us a deeply moving answer. Have a listen. The Baraita continues. And which corpse is considered to impart impurity of the depths? Any corpse of which no one is aware, even at the end of the earth. But if even one individual is aware of it, even if that person is at the end of the earth, this is not considered impurity imparted by a grave in the depths. If even one individual, in other words, is aware of a dead person's existence, of a neglected body lying somewhere, even at the other end of the earth, in the deepest of the deep, that dead person isn't forgotten. God's creation isn't forgotten. Our responsibility for one another isn't forgotten. The idea that we were put here on this lonely planet just to walk each other home isn't forgotten. This is what it means to be an establishing witness, leaving absolutely no one behind. Forget that TV judge or lawyer or jury. A good establishing witness is the biggest role any of us could play in this life. This has been Take One.